0: The new schedule begins in three weeks, the first weekend of uh, September. And so if you're typically a, a 1045 attender, you have two great choices. Uh, you, if you love this powerful acapella praise, you can come at 9 o'clock. That's 30 minutes earlier than you usually come for Bible class. But you can come and be blessed. it be a great service. We know it's going to be a full service, and we're excited about it. Or you can come at 1130 if you enjoy instrumental praise uh, where we'll have room for guests to come that we don't currently have uh, on Sunday morning. So we're excited about those. And, of course, our Saturday night service continues to grow. Three great options. And uh, we just ask you to uh, pick the one that serves your family best and love everybody. It's going to be a great experience. Now, we have some exciting things happening about the time of the schedule change I want you to make aware of. For example, on September 6th. That Saturday night, we are going to have a Christian comedy concert. We had a Christian comedian last year uh, as the warm-up act for Salvador, and we got a lot of feedback saying, let's do that again. So we are. Two of the best-known Christian comedians in the country, Bob Smiley and Carlos Oscar, are going to be with us. They're hilarious. Uh, It's great, wholesome entertainment with a message. So uh, whether you come on Saturday or not, you can come uh, at 7, get some pizza, And enjoy the show. It's going to be a blessing. Bring a friend. Then, on Wednesday night that week, September the 10th, our friend Max Licato, after a two-year absence, is back with us. One of the most popular Christian authors in the world. And uh, a great time to bring a friend. And then the following weekend is what we call Launch Weekend, what we used to call Friends Day. Uh, I'm starting a new series called American Idols. And we're going to study some of the things that we as Americans worship uh, as much or more than we worship God, it's going to be a rich study. So you've got uh, several things happening in in a space of about eight days that are wonderful opportunities to invite a friend. And speaking of inviting friends, I want now to launch into our lesson. We've been all summer discussing our new identity in Christ. And I've specifically chosen the word ambassadors to close this study with. Maybe you heard the story of the two women walking together and one said, you know, I haven't seen you in a long time. Where have you been? And the other said, well, I've been busy taking a first aid training course. And her friend said, oh really, has it proved helpful? She said, immensely. And just the other day, for example, I was walking down the street and I heard a terrible crash and I turned and these two cars had wrecked and there were a couple of bodies laying in the street and there was blood everywhere. And a friend said, oh, and did your first aid training come in handy? She said, it sure did. I thought I was going to faint. But then I remembered my training. I put my head between my knees and I didn't pass out. Now, I think maybe she's missed the point of taking first aid training. And some of us have missed the point of why we're learning about our new identity. God didn't go to all the length he went to to teach us about our new identity in Christ so that we could keep the knowledge to ourselves. You see, it's through the sharing of our new identity that we make known to the world the identity of God. And that's why he's commissioned us to be, what I'm calling today, God-willed ambassadors. We've looked at some great... Words to describe who we are in Christ. We're the friends of God. We're heirs and co-heirs with Christ. We're slaves and we're saints. But we're also ambassadors. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now this is one of the key texts in the New Testament about the new identity. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Now this is the promise to anyone. Anyone can be a new creation. Anyone can get a new identity. Paul says all this... Is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, did you notice how Paul links the new creation to a new vocation? Now that you've got this new identity, you have a new responsibility, and the failure to understand this is probably the chief reason that people are stunted in their growth of their new identity. I remember years ago I read an article about a guy who dives in the ocean to catch exotic fish uh, to sell to people who like to keep them in their aquariums in their house. And one of the most popular fish he tries to catch is a shark. Baby sharks. And it might surprise you to know that a shark only grows to a size proportionate to the body of water it's kept in. So you can take a baby shark and put it in a tank in your house, and it'll grow to six inches and be fully developed. But you could take that same shark and put it in the ocean, and it'll grow to eight feet long. Now, I have seen some of the cutest little Christians swimming around inside the walls of the church because that's where they live and that's where they stay. And they're going to be cute little baby Christians until they get out into God's world and in the environment where they can grow in their new identity in Christ. You see, we've got it backwards. Jesus never told the church, I mean the world, to come to church. He told the church to go To the world. We're the seekers. We're sent. I think. You see. When we get this new identity. We understand that we haven't just been saved. To sit. We are saved. To be sent. One guy who understands that is named Al Dumois. He's the owner of the Hearst Gardens apartment complex where we've been working the last two years. Having something called school by the pool where some go and give tutoring once a week to children that live there. Uh, This last week we did vacation Bible school there. You know 100 million Americans now live in apartment complexes and only 1% go to church. Now I don't know why that is. But that's the reality. And going to the apartment complexes with flyers and saying, you need to come to church is not working. So Al has a radical idea. What if the church went there instead of asking them to come here? Watch this quick video clip and you'll see what I mean. When a missionary goes to another country they go to develop relationship and to us it's all about developing those relationships with residents on the property a missionary doesn't necessarily get a uh, bunch of airplanes and take the citizens of that country out of the country to bring them to their church they go they don't ask the people to come they go they go to the place that God sends them so we believe as owners that God wants to send the church to these places to meet the needs right where the needs are and to develop that interaction, that closeness right there where people are living. So we're going to try something rather radical this fall. Uh, We're going to go to the Hearst Garden Apartments. We're going to ask some of our small groups to uh, adopt some of the complexes and then Every weekend, different people from this church are going to go to their community center. And we're going to take church to them. And we're going to do church at the complex. Because more and more, I'm believing that you don't measure a church by its seating capacity. You measure a church by its sending capacity. And that's why Paul immediately informs the new creation in Christ they have been signed an ambassadorship. This was fundamental to Paul's understanding of his own identity. And it was his chief prayer request. When you read the prayer request of Paul, the one thing he's going to ask you to pray for more than anything else is that he would be a bold and faithful ambassador. Look, for example, at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20. I'm in chains now for preaching this message as God's ambassador. But pray I'll keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. You see, our new identities come with new priorities. Some of you may be familiar with the name of Hudson Taylor. I think, as far as we know, he was the first English-speaking missionary to China. One of the hardest and most troubling conversations he ever had was with a Chinese Christian. Who said, and how long have you had the glad tidings in England? And he said, oh, for hundreds of years. And the Chinese Christian was perplexed. You've had the good news for over hundreds of years? My father died searching for the truth all his life and he never found it. What took you so long to get here? We have been saved to be sent. Part of your new identity in Christ is God-willed ambassador. Now, that's a word that we don't use very much anymore. So let me take a moment just to define what is an ambassador. First, an ambassador is a citizen of one country living in another. An ambassador is a resident alien. He is not nor does he intend to become a citizen of the country he is currently serving. Now, we've all met people from other countries that are living in our country, but their goal is to become citizens of our country. An ambassador lives in another country, but he's not a citizen, and he doesn't intend to become a citizen. He is a citizen of another country. And that's what Paul says about you and me. Philippians 3 and verse 20, he says, Our citizenship is in heaven now a great and in my judgment horrible tragedy took place in our country this past summer millions of people slept on the ground because they didn't have beds and they didn't have air conditioning to keep them cool and they didn't have running water If they wanted to use the toilet, they had to go to public facilities down the road. They had to deal with infestations of disease-carrying insects. And they called it camping. These people need help. My idea of camping is a hotel that doesn't have ESPN. However... I need to tell you that Paul says at some level, all of us, because our citizenship is in heaven, all of us are campers, not permanent dwellers. In the same chapter, he said back in verse 1 and in verse 5, for we know that when we take this earthly tent we live in, it's taken down. Now, he means when we die and leave these bodies, we will have a home in heaven. An eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. And God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he's given us his Holy Spirit. In other words, the new creation is a citizen of a new nation that's governed by Christ. And God has given you the Holy Spirit to remind you every day where your citizenship really lies now. And the reason you need to stay in touch with the Holy Spirit is because the flesh is going to try to get you to turn your campsite into a mansion. Don't do that. Don't turn your campsite into a mansion because this is not where your citizenship is. Your citizenship is in heaven. And you're ambassadors. Which means you have a home. But it's not your real home. Because you're a citizen of one country living In another. Second thing about ambassadors, they are representatives of his or her ruler and people. And so an ambassador is to embody the very best of the values of the country he represents. Some of you remember two summers ago I had the privilege along with Dr. Royce Money of ACU and Max Licato and uh, Dr. Gary Smith of Filder Road Baptist Church and some other evangelical leaders in America. We got to go to China and actually got to meet with communist government officials to talk about more tolerance for Christians in their country. And one of the highlights of our trip is that we got to have lunch there in Beijing with the Honorable Clark T. Rant. Ambassador of our country to China. And it was really interesting to hear him talk about the nation and to learn more about his role in relations between the two nations. And one of the things that dawned on me as we visited was Ambassador Rant is never off the job. When you're ambassador to a country, you don't say, well, I work eight to five and now I'm clocking out and I'm not ambassador till eight o'clock in the morning. He is ambassador. He represents you and this country to China 24 seven. He is always ambassador. Now, what that means is he can never participate in some of the behavior characteristic of many tourists. There's many tourists in China right now for the Olympics. Some of them are behaving poorly. Some of them are going to go out and get drunk. Some of them are going to get in fights. They're going to get arrested. And it's not going to make a single headline. But if Ambassador Rant ever participated in any of those activities, it would be front page and he would get fired. Because he is 24-7 to represent what is the very best and most noble about his country. He is always on the job. And so are you. Several years ago, I read a story about a man in Florida who got all of his savings, his life savings, and got it in a cashier check. And he got in a cab and left the check. And the cab driver, Bob Reed, found it and turned it into authority so that the owner could get the money back. And he was asked, Were you tempted to take the money? And he looked perplexed. He said, no. He said, you need to know something about me. I'm a part-time cab driver and a part-time bodybuilder. But I am a full-time Christian. Now, God may not have called you to full-time Christian service like he called me. But he has called you to full-time Christian living You represent Jesus, and you represent all the citizens of Jesus' kingdom. Everywhere you are. That means tomorrow, when you're fighting the traffic at 820, you represent Jesus. That means when your boss has a bad day. That means when you're at the ball game watching your child play. That means when your mate is irritable, that means 24-7 you are to represent to the world what is the very best about the kingdom of God. That's why Paul could say in Colossians 3 and verse 17, whatever you do or say, let it be as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Because an ambassador is a citizen of one country living in another. An ambassador is a representative of his ruler and of his fellow citizens. And one more thing ambassador is a messenger of the ruler that has commissioned him or her. Now, we all know about freelance ambassadors. Typically, they're Hollywood celebrities who think. They can go to some hot spot in the world and speak for all of us, even though they've never been sent by our country. And it's great publicity, but it's horrible diplomacy. Because they have not been commissioned to speak for this nation. See, an ambassador understands. He does not speak In his own name. There's a givenness about his message. He's not to manufacture it. He is to deliver it. For example, I read in May that President Bush sent Ambassador Rat to President Hu of China to protest human rights violations. It was not the ambassador's job to change the message. To manufacture the message. It was not his job even to negotiate a response. It was his job to faithfully deliver the message of his leader. Paul understood that. He said again, look at Ephesians 6. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me. So that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And what is this message? It is this. That our king, who has every right to send angelic armies and make war on the world. Has sent ambassadors to offer peace. Look again at verse 19 we read a moment ago. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message He's given us to tell others. For over 50 years on the cemetery outside of Little Rock, there was this 14 foot high bronze cross. Recently, thieves broke in, cut it down at the bottom. To sell the bronze for scrap at 50 cents a pound. They made about $450. The cross, by some estimates, was worth $40,000, causing one person to comment they did not know the value of the cross. And that's why God has commissioned you and me to be ambassadors. The world does not know the value of the cross. The cross and its message changed your identity. And now getting that message out is your identity. Highest priority. Some of you that are older remember the classic movie Yankee Doodle Dandy with Jimmy Cagney. They were actually filming that movie when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. The next day on the set, all the actors listened on the radio As President Roosevelt announced that we were now at war with Japan, with Germany, many began to weep. And then Jimmy Cagney and Michael Curtis, the Hungarian director, came out on the stage in front of all the actors. And Michael Curtis said, Now, boys and girls, we have work to do, we have bad news. But we have a wonderful story to tell the world. So let's put away sad things and begin. And this world is full of bad news. But God has raised up a people with a story to tell. Saved to be sent. You see, the question no longer is, would God ever be willing to accept someone who's made a mess like I've made of my life? That's not the question anymore. Because of Jesus now, the question is, are you willing to be reconciled to God? Because He is so willing to make peace with you. No matter the nation, no matter the situation, anybody can become a new creation. You see, ambassadors remind the world that their king rules over everything. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter how big a mess you're in. Our message is that our king reigns. And what gives our message power is our own changed lives. You see, there's no more compelling witness for our King than when you tell somebody your story about your new identity. We all have a story. I was going to tell you mine it would look something like this because this is who I used to be but now and I'm just one of many stories
1: you have. me you get me up, you lift me up. let's sing I'm there.
0: this is who we are not a bunch of fakers we're all people who need a rescue we all have a story None of us have to be defined anymore by who we used to be. We can all have a new identity. We're going to sing a song of praise to God. And if you'd like prayer, go to our chapel. We'd love to talk to you and bless you. If you're ready to join Christ's army and be baptized, they just come down to the front right now. We're going to take a moment and just thank God for what he's doing in our midst.